Next on BYUSN, the transfer portal taketh away from BYU football. What Dallin Holker's departure means for the BYU offense. Plus, men's hoops has some new threads. Transfer U Rudy Williams is here to show them off. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, September 21st, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton. This is Star Wars Operating Guide, Procedure Manual Guide, Jerem George. I want to talk about how big a day it is today. September 21st, do you remember? 21st night of September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. Uh, significant date for Moroni showing up to Joseph Smith. Also, <laughs> Andor, three episodes coming out today. Hey! Pretty big day. Let's go. I'm just glad you started with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Absolutely. <laughs> we had those cassette tapes growing up. My mom would blast that in Let's go. Okay, season expectations. Have they changed after three games? We'll discuss what a Pac-12 report about Amazon being in the mix for the new TV deal could mean for the Cougars in the Big 12. Plus, the aforementioned Rudy Williams of Men's Hoops. The new jerseys look nice. We've got the white version. We don't know what the road and maybe an alternate looks like. We'll talk about it as well as rising volleyball star Aaron Livingston is in studio. But first, let's serve up some headlines. Yes, let's begin with the Dallin Holker transfer scenario from BYU Football. Holker informed BYU coaches of his intentions early this week. He's only played in three games, making some wonder why now? Well, it's because if he doesn't play more than four games, he can save this season as a redshirt year and have two years of eligibility with whatever program he ends up with, much more on the impact of Dallin Holker leaving BYU in just a few minutes. BYU defense is looking to respond against Wyoming this Saturday after giving up 212 rushing yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Defensive tackle John Nightmare Nelson says the Cougars are looking forward. I got such a bad taste in my mouth from Saturday. I just, I think, I think all, you know, 25 guys that play defense on a regular basis are just, you know, I, I, I know that all of them are kind of kind of mad at what happened and you know that, that wasn't us so we're, we're we're so pumped to get back and have to play this Wyoming team is gonna be a good team. Of note Tyler Batty and Earl Tuyoti go Seattle Mariners did practice yesterday so hopefully we'll see them Saturday. That's great news. Remember former BYU defensive back and wide receiver Bo Tanner? Well yes that Bo Tanner has worked out for the San Francisco 49ers that report surfacing yesterday. Good luck to Bo as he pursues more NFL time. In 2017, we played a game with Bo Hodge, Tanner Mangum, and Bo Tanner called Bo Tanner or Bo Tanner. It's probably the greatest. This is Bo Tanner. Executed. This is Bo Tanner. Cross country stays at number four in the rankings. Women number seven. This Saturday, the Cougars head out to a massive regular season meet at the Cowboy Jamboree in Stillwater, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, where the best teams in the country are going to run on the same course that they will run for the NCAA championships. Best of luck to both the men and women Saturday. BYU women's soccer for the first time this season has dropped out of the top 25. They are three spots out in the new United Soccer Coaches poll. The Cougars did beat Utah most recently. Four wins, two losses, three ties. They open up West Coast Conference play against St. Mary's at Southfield on October 1st. And women's golf finished 12th at the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate Championship, led by Alicia May Mateo and Kirsten Fotu, who shot nine over respectively. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Presented by BYU Food To Go, Dallin Holker departs BYU football. Let the coaches know on Monday his intentions to transfer away from the program. No indication of where he is going at this moment. We can certainly speculate. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to discuss Utah. what it means for BYU football, Jerem, specifically, and what it means after his dad, Bob, told the Deseret News the following, and I quote, 
Dallin will be somewhere that will utilize their tight ends and allow him to get on the field and help his team. Now, this is interesting because BYU's tight ends, at least thus far in the season, have been very active. 19 of the 78 receptions this season, 25%. Yep. Cougar Stats pointed out this morning, that is the number that has gone to the BYU tight ends, Jerem. So how will this affect the BYU offense that seemingly is using the tight end this year now that Dallin Holker decides to leave? First off, it's, it's uh, tough because Dallin's a good player. Yes, he is. And this is a bummer. Uh, he was, he was going to be a star for BYU. And Jeremy, he scored into, a touchdown this season. Yes, uh, had five catches on Saturday, as you pointed out. Uh, I was very excited about Dallin, and you asked me right before the season coming in who's kind of an off-the-radar guy, and I said, hey, Dallin Holker, it's time for him to, to be one of the main guys, right? And apparently he's not main enough uh, and wants to transfer, which is, uh, which is a bummer. The reason he wants to transfer is because BYU is too diverse in its skill positions at receiver and tight end where they have a lot of options. If, if he was the third best option on the team, he would get the ball a lot, but he's one of many great options, and that doesn't even include Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney, who haven't played the last two games, in Gunnar's case, all three games. Isaac Rex is a tremendous tight end. That pairing with Dallin Holker was very exciting. And there's a lot of Dallin H's around here. Dallin Hall... Dallin H. Oaks was here last week, I think, right? So a lot of Dallin H's around. But it was, it, it's, it's a bummer because he was part of this group that, listen, when Jaron Hall looks around, he's not going, I need to go over here because I know that guy's going to make a play. Cody Epps is emerging. Braden Cosper was the number one receiver out of Utah in high school, a guy that's part of th this now. Not to mention, of course, Chase Roberts and then uh, the big two, as I mentioned. So it's a, it's a talented group, and that's where the issue is here. And so that's why I don't think there will be a massive issue. Also, Mason Wake is an H-back type where he's a fullback and a tight end. It's a bummer, but it's not like, oh, BYU's in huge trouble now because Dallin Holker's transferring. I would love for him to still be here, and I think he'd be an even bigger option next year. But uh, BYU's got a lot of great options. Yes. Isaac Rex has NFL notoriety. He is clearly on the radar. Mel Kuyper had him as one of the top five most draftable prospects currently with BYU football. In fact, he slated him as a late-round pick. Okay, so it's tough when your tight end counterpart is getting that type of attention and notoriety, and he had a huge season with Zach Wilson. Isaac Rex is one of those benefactors of the Zach Wilson season in 2020 with 12 touchdown catches. Dipped off a little bit last year, but caught a touchdown against Oregon on Saturday, and, I mean, he's just in the limelight. So Dallin Holker's kind of in that shadow. Now, I spoke with a a few people close to the situation to try and get some uh, more ideas on to, to what, what Dallin wanted. and The ball? Uh, well, yes, but apparently how, like, how he was getting the ball or not getting the ball was bothersome to him. How? What do you mean? So he's, he's a multiple-type player. Okay? Dallin, obviously, tight end, but he was uh, split out at times uh, playing in the Neil Pau role. Okay. But because BYU but not is, as a tenant, as a receiver. No, yeah, like he can do a lot of different things. And yeah. so he anticipated that it would be more of that. And BYU's scheme has changed through three games a little bit. The run game has not been as productive as they thought. And so that has changed how they want to utilize Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker in the tight end position. Yeah, it's, it's been adjustments. But I, clearly it's not just three games. Like this doesn't happen just after three games. This has been on his mind for a long time. I don't feel like Dallin Holker – and his family would be like, well, let's, uh, let's just make this decision based on, you know, some frustrations after two games. Like, this clearly has been on the, the family's mind Seems and Dallin's mind for a long time, yeah. right? And then when things have not gone the way that he was hoping for and has 
role in this current BYU offense, then he, you know, says, all right, I gave it a try. It's not what it's not working for me and I'm out. Uh, now what though? Like with Dallin Holker leaving, like who now gets the ball more if in place of Dallin Holker? Is it Carter Wheat? Is it just more Isaac oh, Rex? Tight end. Yeah. Is it just more Isaac Rex? Or is it like, hey, let's utilize Houston Haymooley because BYU has been utilizing Mason Wake in a hybrid fullback tight end role as well? Perhaps. I don't know that it will necessarily be a one-for-one. One. And that's good insight there. Uh, I, I don't know that it will be a one-for-one. One. Just this player replaces Dallin. There's just so many options there. Chase Roberts, Cody Epp. Keanu Hill, Braden Cosper. By the way, Gunnar Lake, Romney Isaac and Puka Nakua are not even playing right That's now. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't mean this. I don't mean this to be mean at all. But like, when when any one individual isn't in the mix with this group, you almost don't notice them. Like, that it's a good group. Would would Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney have helped at Oregon? Certainly. I don't think BYU wins with them, but. Those are two big names. Like Puka's an NFL guy. Gunner feels like a fringe NFL guy. Maybe maybe he does what Dax did and makes it and is a guy. Maybe that'd be great. Um, that those two stick out, but everyone else really viable options. I don't sit here and go, oh, I don't know if this guy should get targeted. Everybody gets targeted. Cody Epps caught his first touchdown pass. This yeah. is a dude that in high school played with Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner and Alabama quarterback and future maybe number one pick next year. And he was a high school, first team All-American in high school. BYU does not get a lot of those guys. Now he is like the number five receiver. Yeah. In the You know what I mean? Like, this is a talented group. And uh, it's a bummer that Dallin is transferring. But BYU's got a, a loaded room with tight ends and receivers. Yeah, interesting. And I understand the confusion from BYU fans because we heard Holker's name called a lot on Saturday with the five catches. And he scored a touchdown, so that's tough. And, yeah. and let me clarify something. By saying Neil Pau's role, remember Dennis Pitta and Johnny Harleen? How I do they remember Step Dennis out into Pitta. the slot, yeah. okay? They were tight ends, yes, but they would be utilized in, and sometimes in wide receiver sets and positions. Like, that type of scenario, I think, is what Dallin Holker was going for. And Isaac Rex. He's always been known too. for this. This yes. was Gordon Hudson. This was Chris Smith. This was Byron Rex. This was all those guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, tough to compete with Isaac Rex when, uh, you know, he's the main dude, and now Dallin Holker looks to find uh, his own path and become the main dude somewhere else. Hey, anywhere but Utah. Topic two. Oh. Through three games, have your season expectations changed for BYU at 2-1 and one coming off the Oregon line? No, because remember what we said a month ago? Oh, if BYU can just be 2-1 and one after the first three games, that means they've either beaten Baylor or Oregon or I guess lost to South Florida and beaten Baylor and Oregon. But, yeah, they've beaten one of those two really good Power 5 teams. Yep. BYU's probably ranked, which they are, number 19, and in complete position to still win 10 games this season. Now, whether or not that includes a bowl game win or not, that's to be determined. But, no, my expectations have changed. BYU's in the top 20. They're 2-1. and one. They have a win over Baylor, and they dominated South Florida. And now they have a great chance to be 4-1 and one going into that Notre Dame game. Now, when you get to Notre Dame and Arkansas, that's, again, where things and expectations can shift. But right now they're yes. totally in line with what I expected. I expected BYU to be 4-1 and one going into the Notre Dame game and have a shot at 10 regular season wins. Now, when they get to Las Vegas, we'll see after that. We will certainly assess after the Notre Dame and Arkansas games. But right now, no, I'm still at 9.5. Like, Depending on what happens with those two big games coming up in early to mid-October, BYU right now, nine and a half wins projected. If they beat Notre Dame, then maybe that creeps up to 9.75 wins, <laughs> right? It all, yes, it it's, all depends on... It swings on a little bit more toward 10 regular totally. season wins. Yeah. 
But take care of business this week, then beat Utah State. Then if you can get Notre Dame or Arkansas, then they're just right on the path that I think that they would have been, you know, going back to the preseason. This all depends on if you think the Oregon game was an anomaly or a trend. If you think it's an anomaly, then maybe you're still in the 10-2 and two regular season camp. If you think it's a trend, you're probably in the 9-3, and 8-4 and four camp. If BYU plays like it did against Oregon, against Notre Dame and or Arkansas, it'll be an 8-4 and four regular season. Like, it will be. But, but if they that, play like they did against that, Baylor. But that team isn't going to show up again. The, the team that didn't perform against Oregon will not show up again this season, I believe. I believe that BYU will split against Notre Dame and Arkansas, obviously hoping for 2-0 in our super biased, paid-by-BYU opinion. Even a split. But even a split, realistically, is good. Then you walk out of the first, what, seven, uh, you know, or six, five and one. I think seven Arkansas games? might be the seventh Arkansas game. Yeah, it'd be five I, and two if you split there. There might be another slip-up somewhere, let's be honest. The, re- the reality is probably that. We hope not, but... A 9-3 regular season would be tremendous. I would take 10 wins right now with a bowl game for this season. This is a, this is a tough schedule. It's a long season. It's a talented group, but sometimes you, you lose, and it happens. Whatever. Mine haven't changed either because I feel like the Oregon game was an anomaly. I can see, though, if you're like, no, no, no. That's, that BYU team on the road is going to be the road team against Notre Dame, and maybe Arkansas is just better than BYU. But it's at home. And let's hope it's at night because, as you pointed out, the night-day thing is a real deal here. The real deal. Uh, and and uh, Vanquish Foe put out the numbers, I believe. And what was it? It was like 21-1 and one in night games. Yeah, like nine from and 6 p.m. on. Yes. And then what was it? 9 and 10. In pre-6 p.m. Yes. kickoffs? Are you kidding me? If you're just a sub-500 team, if you kick off it before 6? Strange. Very strange. strange. And people say, well, are they just playing tougher teams in the afternoon? It's like, well, there's a home loss to Boise State last year in there and a bowl game loss to UAB in there. There's every FCS there's team. A Northern well. Illinois loss in there in the Every afternoon. year on BYU TV, we say, BYU football, what time do you want to kick? We'd ideally do it in the afternoon, and they say 1.30. So we do it at 1.30. If BYU football said midnight, we'd be like, be like okay, let's go. <laughs> We're going to play on Sunday. We have to kick at 11.59, though, can't we? You want some of the best news I'm going to give to you all day? Ooh, let's go. BYU will not play in a tougher environment all year. Yeah. No. Than what they face at Oregon. No, no, not no. even close. No, not even close. Not even close. Right now, Boise State fans are like, what? No. Albertson yeah. Stadium? Boise State can't even sell out their 28,000-seat stadium because the juice is low with yes. the program. The juice is loose. Like, it's gone. Like, and, then, it, and then at Stanford, the nickname by opposing uh, Stanford fans is that that place is called the library. Good grief. I've seen a game there. It's over Thanksgiving it was, weekend, too. It was bad. Like, any students oh, that yeah. would go to the football game? Oh, yeah. All gone no. over Thanksgiving break. If BYU's 9-2 walking into that ranked, uh, you know, 14th like, or whatever. Liberty? I don't, uh, is Lynchburg, Virginia going to produce a crowd that even comes to 20% of what Autzen Stadium produced? No. So there you go. BYU's <laughs> not going to play in an environment anything that close to what they had to deal with on Saturday. Toughest road game Check. has been checked. Again, I told you, if you have to lose a game, that's yeah. the one to lose. Well, Las Vegas! Uh, uh, excuse me, have you seen the LDS population in Las Vegas and those ticket prices are dropping and you think Notre Dame fans are like, yeah, I'm going to Vegas now. No, 
There's some people that are selling their tickets because Notre Dame's not as good as they used to be. If you need two, let me know. I have two that I'm trying to say. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> here you go. Our question of the day. Don't do that on the air. Through three games, have your expectations shifted for BYU football? In Voice of the Nation, we hear from Seth Cox on Twitter, who says, preseason people were saying that if BYU can finish the first three games with two wins, BYU's in good shape, which is exactly what we were just talking about. <laughs> well, here we are. BYU has the tools to be successful, but they also have some weaknesses that need to be addressed. Sure. Certainly. Oregon pointed those out. Tough road environment. Certainly expose those. Yep. BYU, we expect, will make the changes and get better. Hopefully that's the worst performance of the year, and you move on. Okay, if you missed after for the review or BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, you can always watch them again or for the first time on BYUSN.com and the BYU TV app on demand. Plus, he's the brand-new point guard, and now he's rocking... Hey. Some new drip with rebranded uniforms. Rudy Williams in studio to show off the new basketball threads. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Well, I know it's on my Christmas list now. <laughs> Some new BYU basketball shorts. It's on your Halloween gift list. Calling right? Bobby Hordusky. Bobby, are you there? <laughs> Welcome back to Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. This is Jerem Jordan. And here to help us talk about those new uniforms, oh, and the actual basketball that's going to oh, be yeah. up here pretty quickly, is transfer point guard Rudy Williams. Rudy, it's great to Love have Rudy. you in the new version Thank of Studio guys. B. Thank you, guys. You know, you guys... Nice little renovation. It looks good around here. You came at a good time in the history of BYU. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life's good right now. The new unis, the the set, the yeah, big yeah. 12. Throw that up. Look what, at that. What do you think? These are nice. What do you think of the clean, new, white BYU uniforms right there? Honestly, I'm a big fan of them. You know, they're simple, but, like, they're nice and clean. Uh, I feel like on, like, when we put them on during the games, they're going to look way better than what people may have thought and seen, like, their first reaction on the internet. And this is your actual uniform. Yeah, this is this is mine. So Number yeah. three. That's a good number. Yeah. I'm excited. So about walk one. me through the emotions of seeing your last name and your number on that BYU jersey. Because you've had an interesting path, but now you are here. Um, honestly... It's kind of it gave me chills the first time when we saw him. You know, we kind of we obviously saw him before everybody else, but we saw him last week, and it gave me chills just because when I was a little kid, like the first March Madness game like I ever watched, which when I was in sixth grade, was the like the Jimmer the Jimmer team. My man, those runs. So like, Jimmer Fredette was the first thing I knew about March Madness, NCAA. So you know, just you know, now I'm all grown up. Now yeah. I'm getting to wear the BYU blue. So that's pretty cool, dude. It's a full circle thing for me. So it's ha- have cool. you met him? Has he been in town when you've been here? I met him. Uh, he was here two at weeks ago at the Baylor game. Yeah. You met him. He knew my name. Uh, oh, I was, dude. <laughs> I was. Uh, that's I was on, cool. I was on some fanboy stuff. And, uh, <laughs> BYU basketball put out a video of me like a couple weeks back, and he liked it. And I remember showing my brother because I go on my phone as Jimmer Fredette liked your video when I was. I became That's cool. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. He's the most personable superstar <clears throat> I've ever met in my life. I guess I haven't hung out with that many superstars. He's one of our own, right? But he is so personable. Like, yeah. he's a good hang. He's, he's great. He's great. Okay, so Spencer mentioned your, your path here. You've been to various places. You're from Canada, Hamilton, Ontario. 
Um, what's your journey been like uh, as a basketball player and a person to get to this point? Uh, I'll start with as a person. Um, you know, my journey's been pretty different. You know, it hasn't been like traditional. Uh, I've kind of had to grow up on the fly throughout the years, you know, in high school and junior college and stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of had to mature really fast, you know, because I got sent out by myself pretty much when I was like a sophomore in high school. I left home, you know, to obviously pursue basketball. That's when I moved to America. And, um, you know, it's taught me a lot of stuff. You know, it's taught me, you know, independence, how to be independent. It's taught me hard work, you know, how to be tough. Cause you know, I was always by myself. So like, you know, the only person I could really lean on was myself. You know, I had family and obviously I had a support system, but like they're all far away, you know, like I was away from home. And I, and I would say as a basketball player, you know, growing up, I would just, throughout the years, I would just say, honestly, just have to develop and just get better every step of the way, every stage, every journey, every new spot. So yeah, I would say those are like the two main things. So you went to uh, JC in Oklahoma, yes, right? Sir. What was the name again? Northeastern Oklahoma and m Okay, and then uh, Kansas State mm -hmm. for a year, and then Coastal Carolina. You're our, you're our favorite thing about Coastal Carolina. That will always be the case. Uh, that will always be the case. <laughs> and then now to BYU. So what, um, and we've talked to you before about this, but why BYU now for you? Um, honestly, I felt like the timing was just perfect. Uh, when I was dealing with the whole transfer portal stuff, you know, BYU reached out and they, their pitch was just a little bit different than all the other schools. You know, I was reached out by some pretty good schools and stuff like that, some pretty big names. But, um, you know, it was just, I just felt like it was real. When, you know, when I spoke to Coach Pope and when I spoke to Coach Fieger and all the other assistants and all that, it just, it was real. And like, you know, their, our visions aligned and it just felt, it just felt right. You know, I remember I took my recruiting trip here and I remember leaving and I was like, I'm a fool not to come here, honestly. I remember telling my family that, so. That's great. Rudy Williams of BYU Basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. He ain't no fool. You know, in, no. in talking with your teammates, they quickly point out, like, Rudy is the ultimate team guy. He's the ultimate leader. He's the leader that this roster needs because there are a lot of new faces. And, you know, as a team guy, I can't help but notice that you're rocking the George Helping Hands Foundation t-shirt. You're giving love to Gideon George. Yeah. Can we zoom in on this? Um, <laughs> Shout out my boy G. You know, he's doing, um, he's doing something special. You know, he's not just thinking about himself. You know, people have helped him get to where he is today. So now he's just trying to, you know, return the favor and help a lot of other kids that, you know, and he's making a big difference. So yes, he is. Shout out to him. What do you think of your team overall? That includes Gideon, <coughs> excuse me, Gideon George, who is slated to be a starter along with yourself. What do you think of the roster makeup thus far? Um, me personally, I love the guys. Like, you know, every day we practice, every day when we're competing, like, you know, I, tr I trust these guys. You know, I know I can depend on them. I know I look to my left, I look to my right. These guys are working hard. I'm not going to single anybody out, but like everyone brings it every day. Everyone's about the right stuff. And I, my personal favorite thing, like basketball-wise, is everyone can shoot the ball. Like I, I love it. Like I pass the ball to somebody and they get it off. I'm just like, I got an assist. Like that's how I think in practice. You know, obviously when we get towards the November time, like I know I can trust these guys. When I give them the ball, they can make plays happen. So I'm very excited about that. There are some familiar names. There are some, a lot of new guys. 12 of the 18 on the roster, I think, are, weren't on the roster last year. One of these that I'm excited to see, especially, is Noah Waterman, mm -hmm. who is a 6'10 dude who can light it up. He is unique yeah. in that way. Because of his length, people will expect him to be in the post. That's an old mindset. Yeah. Everybody can shoot. Yeah, the whole team, literally, everyone can. You know, we put a lot of work in with jump shots and, you know, shooting the ball and getting reps up. 
coach tries to uh, emphasize getting up a thousand threes, each player a thousand threes a week. So you kind of have to divvy it up 200 something shots a day if you want to get it done before the weekend. Have you fallen to like Saturday where you need 500? Uh, no, not that much, but <laughs> I was in the gym this past Saturday and I, the number I had to get up was 226. So I had to Saturday night, Woo! I had to, you know, run to the annex and I was like, oh, I owe 226. So, you know, I had to get that done, but you know, everyone on the team can shoot the ball. Everyone's skilled. Everyone plays the right way. And, you know, it's just, it's really, it's been a lot of fun so far since I've been here. Okay. Well, you made a drastic improvement, uh, from going from Kansas state to coastal Carolina, you shot 44% of the three point line and, and now you're looking to do something even better. So what type of changes do you make, you know, to, to work on specifically the three point shot that is becoming such a pivotal and integral part of modern basketball? Yeah. Um, honestly, I would just say, you know, biggest thing for me has been just, you know, extending the range, you know, guys figure out that, you know, you can shoot the ball well, you know, that's going to be on the scattering report, you know, that that's whatever the number is, 44%. Um, you know, you might have to, guys might play you different ways. So you might be have to get your shot off three point lines here. You might have to get it off a little bit further. So, you know, I've been working on extending my range throughout the summer. And then obviously since I've gotten here, me and Coach Figure, we've been working really hard at that. Um, and yeah, you know, honestly, just staying consistent, staying in the gym. I feel like, you know, guys who are good shooters, it comes with confidence. You know, obviously that's time put in the gym. So, you know, that's what I'm just trying to stay at. And you increased 15% on your percentage, which is notable, and tripled the amount of makes. Uh, how did you do that last year? That's a big jump. Um, honestly, I would just say it was just confidence and, you know, believing in myself and believing in the time that I put in. Uh, you know, I, was, I had a lot of uh, trust, like the coaches trusted me at Coastal Carolina. And, you know, it gave me a lot of confidence in myself to, you know, go out there and perform well. So, Rudy Williams is on BYU Sports Nation. Of your teammates, and again, as Jaron pointed out, 12 new faces on this roster. So, yeah, the coaches are dealing with a lot of new pieces and trying to fit this puzzle piece together. Of your teammates, which surprised you the most? Where you're like, whoa, like this, this dude, this dude can ball. Um, I got three guys. Okay. First, I'm going to go with Richie Saunders, freshman. Um, Richie, he brings it every day in practice. Like, you don't got to tell him to turn it on. You never catch him, you know, lacking. Uh, you know, he, he plays his butt off every day. And he's one of those guys who I've depended on a lot to make a bunch of shots, and he's not let me down. Um, and then I would also say Jared McGregor, walk on. He was one of the managers last year. You know, coach gave him a shot. He's got some serious game. You know, if you come watch a practice of ours, that is evident in like mm. the first two minutes you watch him go up and down. And then I would also say Trading Christensen to another walk on. Uh, we were playing pickup about two weeks ago, and both those two guys, Jared and Trey, and they just surprised the heck out of me. And I was just like, I was like, these dudes are actually good, you know. And you know, <laughs> them being walk-ons, some guys, you know, people will probably look over them and stuff like that. But those guys got game, and they will prove it really fast. Okay, first uh, practice is Monday, and we're gonna be there uh, at night live to see it, which will be super fun. What are you most excited about to get this thing going officially on Monday? Uh, I'm just excited for you know for us to be together for a longer period of time. Obviously, with the NCAA rules, we're only allowed what is it uh, eight hours in the week. Um, now, with mon starting Monday, it's going to be like up to 20. I'm pretty sure I'm not the NCAA rulebook guy, but I'm pretty sure it's 20. So you know we're going to be together for a long amount of time, which is going to help us grow. You know, like you said, 12 new faces. We're going to need that. You know, everyone needs to be on the same page, and we're just going to have more chances to just grow our chemistry and learn each other more. What's the identity of this BYU basketball team at this point? Um, at this point right now, 
I would just say playing super hard. You know, in practice, everyone's playing super hard. Everyone's working their butt off. Coach Pope always talks about, just says, you know, like when we play, people aren't gonna understand like what we're doing and what's happening, you know, as, as the game goes on because we're just gonna, you know, just break guys apart, break them down defensively, offensively. And then, you know, when the clock hits zeros, they're just gonna look up and everyone's gonna be like, what just happened? So mm. we're playing super hard right now in practice. Uh, do you have one year of eligibility? Is this it for you? Yeah. Okay, so we got to savor every second here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what are you hoping to accomplish in your final season of college basketball? Um, obviously, March Madness is the ultimate goal. You know, I want to hang some type of banner, if it's whether it's a conference championship or tournament conference championship. You know, I just want to leave my mark. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving. I'm walking out these doors in a couple months. So that's what I want to do for myself. And then, you know, I just want to set myself up to, you know, have a good position to become a pro and you know, have a good opportunity when that time comes at the end of the year. Now correct me if I'm wrong, you were number three because you seek to emulate Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, honestly, grew up a big CP fan. Um, one of my best friends, Shay Alexander, he uh, played with him on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, you know, I kind of just, that's when I really started paying attention to him, like, you know, and I started like just dissecting his game and I was just like, yeah, if I can even play like as half of this guy or a quarter of this guy, I, you know, mm. I'll be in good shape one day. So how do you know Shea? Just grew up with him, you know, nice. uh, back home. Same age? Yeah, uh, he's a little bit older than me. I met him in like fifth grade at a basketball camp, and we've been close ever since. He's tremendous uh, uh, for the Thunder, formerly with the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty he's decent great. at basketball. He's he's, he's all right. He's okay. <laughs> he's all right. He's Shea Gilgis Alexander he's got one okay. of the best names in the, all the all of uh, the NBA. Okay, we've seen the wide jerseys. Do you want to tease the other jerseys, like a road and maybe an alternate? Or are you going to uh, hold that information? I'm going to hold that information. Okay. Just know, and I quote Coach Bobby, he said, these ones, I know we got a good reaction out of these ones yesterday when they dropped, but he said, these are the worst out of the <laughs> That's what he told us. So, I know. love That's it. pretty good. Those are the worst. Yeah, those are, those these, are clean. If these are That's the good. worst, then, you know, I'm excited about the, the Royal and I'm excited about the black. So Okay. Yeah. We need to get you up I wanted a black new, jersey. I'm we, so excited. Can we get I you modeling black the new jersey. uniforms? Um, what is this Trevin Nell business? I, I think, you know, I mean, Trev, he did a good job oh, with it. he did. It. Trevin looked great. Uh, I think I can pull that off. Tre okay. Trevin is the most modelish player on the team. It's true. I thought that was a good move. <laughs> I love Trev that way. Well, his, I mean, he's got a wife that's got some experience in that genre. She's too, an actor. Right? She's yeah, a model. She, hey, it's a model it's, family. I get it. His well, let's get, let's get Rudy some notoriety. Model citizen as well. Yeah. I got to work on my model game. It's <laughs> all good. It, Trev, Trev was the guy. He was the guy. Rudy, you get buckets, you'll be just fine. An assist. You'll hey, be just great fine. to have you here in Studio B, Rudy. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys we'll coming out. Okay, and join us Monday night, 9 Eastern time for the BYU men's basketball season preview live from the Marriott Center at practice. That man, Mark Pope, will be mic'd up. It's on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. And up next, did the Pac-12 and their pursuit of a new TV deal just open up the door for the Big 12 in a major way? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I'm stoked we know we're getting a black jersey. I, I know they had one last year, but I just love a black basketball jersey. 
Yeah, Rudy uh, revealed, he revealed a little bit. We don't know it's specifics, a little bit. but just that there's a black jersey. Yes. I'm and very... the white ones are the worst of the three, according to Bobby Hordusky. Okay, <laughs> we know what the white home uniform is going to look like. What do you hope the alternate, I assume that's the black uniform, looks like? Uh, I would love to see the black jersey with white lettering and royal trim Ooh, the royal around the trim. white. Yes. I like that. I agree. I would like that as well. Yeah, incorporate royal and white into that. We'll see what it is. But honestly, I'm not going to be that picky. I've loved all the black uniforms that various BYU teams have used. Yeah, I like. I hope that they're bigger letters too, because the black jersey last year, it said Brigham Young, but I thought it was a little, it's kind of small. Let's just go BYU. Yeah, straight BYU. Let's go BYU. You know the yeah. black jerseys that BYU wore against New Mexico when they snapped New Mexico's crazy streak oh, yeah. and, uh, with Steve Cleveland, I think those it was 97 ones. or 98. Bring those back. That type of setup with big BYU and white lettering and black jerseys with a little bit of royal trim. Yeah, you bet. Agreed, love it. Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov, Jerem, went on the offensive again yesterday, saying, one, the conference is solid and all teams are committed, and the conference has had multiple schools reach out to the conference about joining. Which claim is more believable? that teams reached out. But does Long Beach State count if they were one of them? We assume that San Diego State wants to be in the Pac-12. For and sure, then, Boise State wants to be UNLV, in the Pac-12. UNLV, Colorado yeah. State, all of that. Did Utah State even try? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, of course teams are gonna reach out, yes. Yeah. Power Five League? The rhetoric that the conference is solid and all the teams are 100% committed is just naive. It's, it's just super naive. Okay, yeah, because we're still getting reports about Oregon and Washington maybe trying to like position to get in the Big Ten still, and like Stanford and Cal. Like those conversations are still happening. Come on, they're not committed. They're, they're not committed until they sign a grant of rights. Exactly right. Committed. Exactly yeah. right. After reportedly the Pac-12 and ESPN were hundreds of millions apart in negotiations for TV deals that didn't include USC and UCLA, of course. Front Office Sports reports that the Pac-12 is quote hotly pursuing. Amazon as a potential media rights partner. Okay. What do you think this means for BYU and the Big 12 and its upcoming TV contract? If Amazon is the primary carrier for the Pac-12. And we don't know if that's what they're going for as a primary or not, but if they are primary. I mean, yeah, if, if, if they are hundreds of millions of dollars away in negotiations between ESPN and the Pac-12, then certainly the door is open for a, a partner like Amazon to step in, and maybe Amazon takes over all of the Pac-12 network games that are. And there are a lot, Jeremy. There are a lot of those types of, of games. Us. Yes, BYU TV and me were also hundreds of millions of dollars apart in our negotiations <laughs> during the offseason. <laughs> Roughly even a million. But yes, um, it, I want BYU with ESPN. Fox is great too in the mix there, but you just need to be on the mothership. And in terms of time. And we've seen that BYU wins at night. BYU needs to own that 820 slot on an ESPN. Sure, Big 12 after dark yes. becomes a thing. If the Pac-12 is not going to take what ESPN is offering, that's good news for the Big 12. It is. It's great news for the Big 12. Then you occupy that space. Yes. BYU specifically. And maybe get a little bit more money out of it because ESPN's like, well, we don't have anything with the Pac-12. We need We you. need. We need the Big 12. Yeah. All right. Will BYU women's soccer? return to the top 25 at any point this season. Currently, they're three spots out. Yes, 100%. They have an off week this week, which by the way, Jamie Shepard had surgery on her hand yesterday. Hopefully everything goes well there. Uh, St. Mary's next week, and then they play USF and Pacific. So 
depending on what happens at the edge of the pole, it might be a sec because BYU's not gonna have a notable win to climb back in, but maybe by default, they slide up in in the next week or two. Hey, Portland's 24th, Pepperdine's number 11. BYU's gonna have a couple of big opportunities to go and win some games. I'm happy Portland's back in. Yes. Portland women's soccer used to be legit. Where's Santa Clara? Who's been in the they, no, they've, College Cup the last two years? They got destroyed by TCU 7 0. Yeah. Like, it's been a different year. Huge drop off. Yeah. Regardless, there are some quality teams. BYU will have a chance to make a statement. They were unranked at one point last year, Jerem. Remember that? After Utah State, perhaps? Just saying. Yeah. Uh, so, th what you're saying is they'll go to the National Championship. Well, maybe. On a flight from LA to Honolulu, Southwest Airlines gave everyone a free ukulele and an in flight <laughs> lesson. Best or worst flight ever? Nice. I love you. <laughs> Best or worst flight ever? Uh, that's really cool, but like, did they did they tell everybody that you had to be quiet with the ukulele? I think at one point or they was like everybody play a ukulele at the same time. After uh, about 20 minutes, I think they said, "Yeah, we said okay, we're yeah. done, no more." <laughs> also, like you got to secure the where doors. are you putting it? Yeah, Is it like, in the up, the compartment up uh, below? People are gonna go see, crazy like, in that plane if you don't moderate that. Like thing. cool, but also like sort of like. Annoying. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't call it the worst flight ever, but certainly yeah. it leaned more that a direction. Fun, I'd me. say like a fun ten minutes, but after the ten <laughs> minutes, it's like nobody play them anymore. <laughs> a fun ten minutes. That was the beginning of the BYU Oregon game. BYU Sports Nation game day gets you ready for kickoff coming up this Saturday. Hey, how about a two-hour, fifteen-minute show, eight Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Up next, Aaron Livingston yeah. in studio, number 16, BYU Women's Volleyball preparing for West Coast Conference play. Aaron's going to tell us everything we need to know about that preparation. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. We're in the comfy chairs. I can watch chairs. that all day. Just spikes, blocks. Yes. Aces. Let's go. You know what happens when we're in the comfy chairs. We talk to great athletes. Yes. Right? We have yet to talk to a bad athlete. Yeah, that's true. Joining us now is the beautiful and wonderful Aaron Livingston in Studio B. <laughs> What's up, Aaron? Crushing it for BYU Women's Volleyball. Uh, now you open up West Coast Conference Way. This is a very exciting time. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling super excited. You know, our team has been working hard and we're just having lots of fun at practice. And so we're excited to go into a great conference. Yeah. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't so fun. You had a three game losing yeah. streak. You played top 10 teams. You guys played some tough matches. You tested yourself. And then you go to Utah. Easily, this could have got off the rails because there, that was a tough match. Mm -hmm. A couple of deuce sets. You're down 24 22 in a set. You guys win in four. That told me a lot, Aaron, about this group coming off those three. What did you learn about your team in that match? Yeah, we learned a lot about ourselves too. I think like the first set, we were down 15-8 against Utah and uh, it just showed how much fight and grit we had. And just looking at the next point, we had um, tons of focus. And so I just learned how much fight we have on our team, so. When you win a road game like that, what does it do for a team? Oh, it's so fun, especially beating Utah's. <laughs> Always amazing, so. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and then you beat UVU on Saturday. That completed non-conference. Mm -hmm. Now you have uh, WCC play. 
And the WCC is always good. This year it feels especially good. Mm -hmm. uh, your 16, Pepperdine 17 coming in Saturday. You didn't know that, though, because you're only on LMU. <laughs> but San Diego's fourth. Like, this is, this is going to be a fun conference race. What do you think of it? Oh, yeah, we're super excited. We love that our conference is doing well. And especially since this is our last time in the conference, we want to cherish every moment. Mm. And, yeah, we just love great competition. So we're excited that everyone's doing so good. Do you kind of love that San Diego's ranked higher than you now? Just because, yes, you want to be, like, you want to win the league, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, the target is sort of on them now as opposed to you, which is normally the yeah. case. Yeah, you know, it's awesome that they're playing so good. And, you know, we always have our chip on our shoulder. We're not expecting anything. You know, our coaches talk about the rankings, and they're like, so what, now what? Like, let's just go play our game and play the best we can. So BYU volleyball star Aaron Livingston with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, again, we mentioned you've played three top ten teams already. You're going to play mm -hmm. San Diego twice, so as many as five top ten mm -hmm. matches. What did those three matches, as frustrating as they were, do to prepare you for West Coast Conference play against the likes of San Diego and Pepperdine? Yeah, I think um, it prepared us super well. We got to see what we can work on and what we were also good at. So we've been working really hard in these um, this last couple weeks of practice, just what we can do better. And yeah, what are some of those things? What do you want to do better? You know, I think serving's a big one. You know, just keep um, getting teams out of system, serving tough passing, just staying in system. We had a really good passing week last week, so super fun. And, you know, just taking rips and getting kills. So. Uh, getting kills is what you've been doing. Uh, <laughs> you've had a uh, career high 20 twice this season. You're kind of the, the number one outside. Not kind of. You are the number one outside mm -hmm. now. What's life been like for you? One, learning outside the last couple of years, because if I understand correctly, you were a middle blocker and right side until your senior year. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yep. Crazy. Okay, so <laughs> hey, no pressure, BYU, top yeah. 20, be the outside. But also, you're playing six rotations now, mm -hmm. meaning you need to pass, you need to serve. How's life been like for you as you've adjusted to that? Because you're asked to do way more now. Yeah, it's been super fun. You know, I, I worked a lot in the summer to, you know, that was one of my goals to play six rotations. And, you know, I still got a lot to work to do, just keep getting lots of passing reps, going in serving. And so I think it's awesome, and I just got to keep working hard. Are you, are you more tired in matches? Um, at the... first, a little bit, but I've gotten used to it now. Okay. But at first, no, I'm, definitely... ne I'm never tired. <laughs> but ever. yeah, I'm never, never. tired. So. <laughs> tell, me the, uh, tell me sort of the, the, the relationship between a good pass connecting to a good swing. Mm. Where, where oh. hey, if you nail a pass, maybe you're getting the ball back, right? But that's... also sort of the, the confidence that, that gives your hitting. Oh, yeah. That's some of my favorite swings, like our pass to attack, and I love when Whitney sets me after I pass. So. Do you feel like she rewards you? Like if you get you a know, good pass, like maybe. there's a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> you're She's being gonna, punished. That was a bad pass. Throwing well, it somewhere else. giving it to you. <laughs> well, it, well, if it's too high and tight, she made dumb. No. You know what I mean? No, but she definitely rewards me, and <laughs> it's so fun. I love when she sets me when I pass. So. Okay, you are uh, – very clearly part of one of the power couples within BYU sports right now. Obviously, you're the sure. star outside hitter for volleyball. Your husband, Hayden, is a safety for BYU football. How do you console each other after a loss? Because early on, like, you're going through a tough stretch, and Hayden and his football team, they won the first two games. It's mm -hmm. all great. So now he's consoling you. And then they come off a tough loss to Oregon, and you're coming up big yeah. ones. How, how do you handle that dynamic? You know, it's always tough to lose. You know, no one likes to lose. But it's always nice going home to Hayden and – just he uplifts me and I get to uplift him and, you know, talk about where we can be better, but just spend that time together we have. And 
Yeah. Is there a shell or a food or a dessert like, <laughs> that's a go-to? Ooh, we've actually been watching a lot of shows, I feel like. We just kind of keep switching back and forth, you know. We talked about House of Dragons came out, yep. so we've been watching that, yep. and it's good, so, yeah. That's awesome. How much time do you get to spend together on certain weekends where you both play? Because last week, I think, did he make it back for part of the game? No, no? sadly. Oh, he was so close, so close. But, um, well, it's actually been super fun because I got to go to the Baylor game. Um, and then I get to go to Wyoming, and nice. he'll get to come to my game on Thursday. So we have, we have times that we get together, but, you know, sometimes he's gone and I'm home and back and forth. So. And Saturday, you're playing at the same time. Yeah. Pepperdine, and then uh, Wyoming. Yeah, yeah let's, here, here, let's just go ahead and, and get a couple of wins. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. Is that too much to ask oh, for? Oh, no. Hey, I'm all with you. Let's talk about LMU, which yeah. is the first challenge. Uh, a team that, uh, you know, the last time they beat BYU, BYU was number one, and that mm -hmm. was a big upset in 2018. You weren't with the squad quite yet, but that's, that's a team that always challenges BYU, and they mm -hmm. serve well. Kind of yeah. what are you guys talking about with the Lions? Because while they are unranked, it is a tough match to open. Yeah, we know they're a great team, and so we just got to go out there and be confident in our skills and play to our strengths, and I think that'll help us a lot. So, How much does the crowd impact what you do as a team in Provo? The crowd is so awesome. I mean, we always love playing at home, and they just boost our energy even more, and I would just say, yeah, they're a big energy factor to us. What is it, uh, and everyone has a unique perspective on this, about the Smith Fieldhouse that makes it so special and unique? Because there's a lot of different angles mm -hmm. to sort of what makes it unique. I, I've, I've asked before, and people have thought, oh, with BYU bought Provo High, maybe they'll build a volleyball facility. Uh, or uh, Sean Holmes said, why don't you play in the Marriott Center? He said, if I'm the, when, as the coach, I'm never going to play there. Take away our home court. Yeah. What is it about the Smith Fieldhouse that you love the most? I think my favorite thing is how compact it is mm. and just like, I know people are like, yeah, why don't you play in the Marriott Center where it's like huge? And I'm like, it just feels just more home. You know, sure. the fans are closer to you. And so, yeah, I just love how compact and full it gets. I love that sometimes it, you have a rickshaw off something up top. Like there's some charm. <laughs> that ball's playable. To this oh, yeah. 1951 built, uh, you know, For building. sure. Yeah, which is crazy. Well, last time you were on the show, I think we got you out of practice. So hopefully we got you out of practice in some capacity today, too. If not... They are afternoon we'll, we'll, practices. Oh, so no. dang it. Yeah, yeah. Three to six. Try and set up a, okay. a scheduled recording, you know, whatever. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Aaron, great to have you with us on the program. Take some karma for your match uh, against yeah. LMU, and good luck as you open up West Coast Conference play. Thank you, guys. Okay, you can watch Aaron Livingston and the women's volleyball team tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV in the app. Aaron promises to get at least... 13 kills in this mm -hmm. match as the Cougars rank 16th, taking on the Lions. Jeremy, I'm going to lean forward like Rudy Williams did in the, in the chair. For Please, the next go ahead. Piece. Up next, a rise and shout out to Couch Potatoes. What? Yeah, we'll explain. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on man. Oh, what a shot of the uh, mm. outside the SAB and the Y. Yep. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Subscribe to the podcast as well. Rate it and review it if you don't mind. Our question of the day, through three football games, have your season expectations for the BYU Cougars shifted at all? Sam Emery on Twitter answers, 
I still think BYU can win 10 games this season. I think nine is more realistic, Mm -hmm. but losing to a really good Oregon team doesn't derail that at all. What would derail it is if, as Trevor Maddich keenly pointed out, BYU loses twice to Oregon, meaning that this week BYU comes out flat in some way. I don't, I don't see it at all. I think BYU is going to be extremely focused and dialed in, and they're going to have a great performance, be able to run the ball. I think it's going to be a blowout win, 17-plus. That's not even a that's, that's, that, that's, that's a conservative lower, cover. That's, that's lower than what yes. the experts in the desert are saying. Yes, I'm not crazy. Well, I am crazy, but, yeah, I, I think 17-plus. Watch plus BYU win by 16. Or watch it be close in the I'd fourth take quarter. Jerome, you brought back the curse. I'd take 16. Just like I'm going to take Ted Lasso in FIFA 23. Very excited <laughs> okay. about that, by the way. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX. Healthcare Elevated. Cougarstat says BYU is projected to win 1.33 of their first three games. Okay. So go one and two, essentially, to start. Yeah. Per preseason ESPN football power index win probabilities. My expectations, says Cougarstats, have increased. By a game? Yeah. At least, I would okay. assume. ESPN was projecting BYU to win eight ish games fpi was like when the season was seven and a half to eight and when they beat baylor that immediately like went up a full game it should you just beat a top 10 team now yes again anomaly versus uh versus trend comes up again byu is going to go at least nine and three in the regular season okay i believe if not ten and two let's go let's let's make it happen for a chance at 10 or 11 of the ball game Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And we would collectively like to give it to 4.95 million of you. Which is our daily number that watch this program. Who have watched BYU football over the course of three weeks in the 2022 college football season. Making BYU the second most viewed college football team in the West behind only Oregon. So Who BYU. benefited from yeah. BYU and yeah. BYU from Oregon. Which, by the way, what did that say? Super West Sports? That would be the Pac-12 Big uh, 12 combo name. Super West. Super West. Of the Mississippi. Super West. <laughs> I kind of like that. Our thanks to today's guest, Rudy Williams of BYU Men's Basketball and Aaron Livingston of BYU Women's Volleyball. Sorry to brother Pitta, no time. Although, big stuff for him coming up Saturday. Indeed. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mark Bellini. We'll see you for more BYU Sports Station tomorrow. Isaac Rex into the end zone. We need more of that. Go Coops. <laughs>